We are back, and today we are talking all things PR. Public relations, people. You need it. You got to have it. But you got to know what you want and where to go and how you get that big hit. Well, Scott, we didn't do the news this week. But we did have a lot of fun with our guests playing What's That Keyword? Stay tuned, you guys. Let's get into it. Good day. Welcome to the Always Off Brand podcast. We are e-commerce simplified. That means we break it all down for you. Retail, brands, digital, advertising, and today, public relations. Scott Oshman here uh, speaking to you with my co-hostess. This is my great teammate, Summer Jubilee from the AOB Studios in Bellevue, Washington. I think you should call it COVID headquarters, but go on. (laughs) And Haley Brucker, Haley, and the news from North Carolina. (laughs) Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I love how you went morning, evening, afternoon. I know, we cover it all. <laughs> gotta Mid- switch it up. How about middle of the night? What's that? Middle of the night, whenever our fabulous listeners are hearing this in their ears. In the middle of the night. Come on, Summer. I'll be walking in my sleep. <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. Is that how it goes? It is how it goes. You know, Scott and I were reminiscing about music earlier this week. He we were. Me, yeah. Well, it's my favorite era the 80s and you're not Um, you're not even like that wasn't your i mean your teenage wheelhouse wasn't that that was my wheelhouse yeah yeah for sure because i'm much older we gotta make sure that everybody understands i am much older (laughs) i just wish i'd lived during the 80s one i have fabulously fluffy hair i mean my hair could go poof and i don't have to do anything so i would have like had the best hair (laughs) But I'm living of, in the wrong era. But hairspray was big still. Yeah, I wouldn't even have needed it. All, uh, just a blow dryer and poof, <laughs> there it goes. But we um, shout out Jen Sherman of oh. Peloton. She did a Rob Lowe ride and it was so great. She took a bunch of his movies and the top hits from those movies. So Scott and I were texting each other back and forth on it, which I... I just love, I do so many eighties rides, but what made me like thrilled was, as you know, I like to keep a roll of toilet paper on my Peloton. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And and everyone sees it. They're like, what's that for? I'm like, well, I always get a runny nose every time I ride the bike. Like I get a runny nose, you know, I put it in a little front spule. So, or spindle anyways, Scott's like, I need a toilet paper roll because I got so emotional listening to the eighties. Okay. First of all, let's just put this out there and I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm a crier. Okay. I'm a big crier. I cry at like, I mean, back in the day, you want to show my age, little house in the prairie cry. I mean, I could see a good, like emotional, you know, Wheaties commercial. I cry. I'm a crier. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I am a crier. So a lot of times when I'm riding the bike and Jen Sherman, it, these music, it brings me back to nostalgia these times. Yeah. of my of my youth and and she was talking and i like her again we hacked the peloton thing we have a, a, a spin bike and we do the app which i guess the price is going to go up which is fine i think it's too cheap to be honest but it brings <laughs> me back and i just think about stuff and yeah i get start tearing eye and i'm like i'm just texting someone like oh my god i'm putting the toilet paper on the bike i now get it <laughs> a lot of people get emotional when they ride bike do they yeah, I mean, I follow them on like I'm in this like Facebook group with like a, I don't know, a million people or something. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I, I don't really get on Facebook anymore, but years ago when I got the bike, so many people would talk about how they broke down crying because of whatever the instructor said. Yeah, I like her because, again, she's my age and a lot of the memories, the skating rink memories. I like because she tells stories during the music. Right. So she talked about St. Emil's Fire, which, again, I have a daughter who is just newly out of college. And it actually I, I, I told her she made this point. It's an old, old movie. It's a Rob Lowe movie. She was she still has a mad crush on Rob Lowe. I mean, um, who doesn't? I mean, that guy is gorgeous. When you said Rod, Rob Lowe, I couldn't like, it took everything I had to not crack up laughing <laughs> when you just said that. And I'm like, what, what summer, what kind of workout videos are you watching over there? Well, my first, when I, whenever I think of Rob Lowe, I always think of, um, wasn't he in a TV series, like in the early nineties, oh, he's like, been not in a bazillion of them. What one hasn't right. he been in? So that's why I remember him. And then when I Googled him after the ride, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, he does age. Like, I forget that, like, celebrities 
get older. Are humans are actual human. real humans? You're right, but he yeah. still looks fabulous. Yeah, he. So anyway, Saint Almost Fire is a movie about a bunch of kids who just graduated and can't figure out what they want to do, which is, uh, you know, very, very common and typical. So I'm telling my daughter who's in that situation, I go, go watch this movie. Go watch it. Now, she yeah. might hate it because sometimes I tell her to watch old movies and she's just like, seriously. Well, you're not forcing her to sleep out in a van in, you know, 10 degree weather. So no. she should feel grateful after watching it. She should. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. Anyway, the music is just so... Yes. It's fab. It's it, fab. The it music is... is Oh, I love so, it. So you're back from O Canada, and did you guys win the tournament? I mean, did Reese oh, no. uh, light it on no. fire, or what happened No, they, here? Got, they got the very last place. Okay. It was hard. Um, this oh, is a no. different team for him. Like, he doesn't normally play on this team. So oh, yeah, because he got the call. He got, again. He got the call. Mr. Jubilee was up all night contemplating. Should I yeah. stay or should I go now? Exactly. And he's only eight, and so they don't play. Typically, they don't play full ice. And this what team does full plays ice mean? Yeah, welcome the to hockey. Whole ice rink. Welcome to hockey. Whole talk. ice rink. Normally, they cut it in half. Oh, but like they do in soccer for the littler kids. Yeah, because okay, got it. You don't want to start developing that sort of endurance at seven and eight years old and building those muscles while they're still growing. It's mm. it's too soon. Mm. Uh, for some that to the track coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people talk about, some people say that. So anyways, Reese hadn't been doing it. So it was a lot for him, but he loved it. But he came home with COVID. I don't know if he got it from the tournament or from school because we oh, literally shit. get an email every day saying, Miss Hansen's class has another student out due to COVID. And um, I think now there's like seven students in his class that are out due to COVID. Yeah, so listen. It's got to be from school then, don't yeah. you think? Probably. If you're listening, I don't know. Uh, it, it's so contagious right now. It's just, yeah, it is it, what it is. And in the Seattle area, the Western Washington area, it's blowing up. I mean, it's just, it's like I know like every day you hear like four more people. Oh, they're blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Most of the people are fine, whatever. There's a few, you know, they've had, it's, it was rough, rough, rough. But anyway, it's blowing up right now. That's why I went yesterday and got my 30 second booster shot. <laughs> Good for you. I said to the pharmacist late, I go, a bucket? Can I get a bucket full of boosters? <laughs> get a booster. She's like, why? No people wants to get poked. I'm like, oh, yeah, poke me. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. How do you feel? I feel great. That's good. I was really sick I know. after my my first See, booster. again, dudes got, the, the they got mostly dudes. I, I right, got right. off easy. It's just, it's another... Example Don't, of it's let's just not, not get into fair. dudes getting off easy right now with the current political climate. I am a mess oh, over it. Oh, that's a sore subject. So we're gonna skip. Okay, I don't I even. I, should, I don't even know what you're talking about. But anyway, uh, really quickly, like to end every open with. I don't know what you're talking. I seriously don't. But let's. Bro versus Wade. Oh, that. Oh, yes, yes. Oh my god. And men <laughs> getting off easy. And oh my god. Yes. Oh, thank you. You let's totally leave. know what oh, we're talking about. I now I do, and I'm appalled yeah. and disgusted and just like. <laughs> Jesus, God. Scott, I know you. I'm giving you. I just, time. I thought you were talking about. Anyway, we must check in on the horse which Haley owns, named Nigel. Nigel is becoming really the always off brand kind of. I mean, mascot, mascot, or I mean, but what about I, Bailey the dog? Well, He's Bailey so the dog's cool. there. Bailey was fired as soon as he threw up three times in my office. Like, right? <laughs> He's been Plus, fired. I mean, Bailey doesn't get chiropractic massage. Uh, washed and cleaned every five minutes. And oh, that's I have true. a funny story about Nigel. So we went to this little schooling show on Saturday last week and he doesn't like to back off of the trailer. He doesn't like, want to, like, I don't know any off. horses. They always look so awkward. They don't like walking backwards. Well, and here's the thing. The trailer that my trainer has is a step down. There's no like nice little ramp there. Mm. So he always acts like a fool backing off. <laughs> the trainer insists that he backs off. Okay, have you ever tried to make a thousand pound animal do something that they don't want to do? I can't get my 40 pound animal to do something it doesn't he doesn't want to do. Go well. So, I can't get my brother. cat who weighs eight pounds to do what I want to do. <laughs> I can't so get anybody to do what I want to do. That's a, that's a true statement. He does live with all women. He's tried. Oh, that's okay, Scott. It's all, I love it. I'm, Unfortunate. All right. So, anyways, I'll make a long story short. Matt Brad Brucker tried to pay Hero last weekend and back this horse off of the trailer. I mean, okay. Let me just add that he could like turn around and walk off. Yeah. Like, there's nothing later. wrong with that in my mind. Yeah. But this trainer insists that we teach him to back off. Huh. 
So I've like wrapped his legs in every padding that I possibly can, because every time he does this, he acts like a clown and ends up like scraping the whole front of his leg, like on the Wait, back of the Matt trailer. Is the- the Wait, clown yeah, or the horse? Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, Summer. Okay, well, I don't know. Why don't I'll let you guys be the judge of that? <laughs> because he gets on the trailer and starts to strong arm this horse who freaks the f out. The horse like kind of reared up in the trailer and banged his eyeball on the piece of the metal. So now he's got like a cut in his eye. Yay! And after all of that, Matt like turns him around and walks him off the trailer. <laughs> oh my god. Talk about that is a dude move right there. Uh, He was trying to strong arm after, you know, me and me and the trainer couldn't do it. I'm like, let's just turn him around. Like, what's the big freaking deal here? Speaking of horses, the Kentucky Derby was amazing, by the way. 80 to one. I'm not like I don't watch it. I'm not super into it. The fashion, the hats, though, are fantastic. But do you know uh, what I keep hearing in my head is (laughs) Bill Murray going "It's just a Cinderella story. Oh, yeah. It was a Cinderella story. I just keep hearing that in my head. Yeah. <laughs> but what a freaking fantastic Rich race that was. Rich Strike comes back. I loved it. And he was like eating the whore, the other horde, the little pony that has to take him off. He's like eating the... the. Yeah. And then the guy was beating him. So don't... Ooh, I know. I really that was not a good that. look. No. Anyway, again, God, we why do we get... We get ourselves these we transitions to the freaking guest, which again, was one of my favorite humans of all time. I have had the pleasure of, of knowing for a long time, working with a long time. One subject area that we have not hit on this podcast is public <laughs> relations, which I well, think is like... What? Let's be clear. We haven't hit it because none of us are experts in this. No. So Not I called <laughs> the woman who knows this shit inside and out, has been doing it forever, is the best, in my opinion, that I've, I've one of the best I've been around, Eleanor Sachs. Welcome to the Always Off Brand podcast from Boston, from off the Mass 10 Pike over there. <laughs> Good morning. Good afternoon, wherever you are. Hi, guys. Thank <laughs> you for having me. We're so excited to have you. My first podcast. I'm a podcast virgin. (laughs) Well, we're so glad we can help you get through that. (laughs) Thank you. I'll need some. Now, see, I know why you're so smart and so great at this, but why don't you tell our our listeners just a a little bit about yourself, why they should. We we know you're a big deal, so. Huge. I'm a huge deal here. Yeah, and outside Boston. <laughs> yes. Um, Go socks. So I guess a little bit about me. Yeah, I was a publicist for Ringling Brothers. Oh my gosh. And Disney on Ice. We would I would like drive the ringling the ringmaster and the clowns around in my car in the good old days when we would be like driving around to different radio stations at 5 a.m. Like <laughs> I would love to hear a story about that sometime. Sorry, go go ahead. I just had to had I had that ready for you. I walked the streets of DC with the elephants. I was wow, that's that. fun. It was, well, it was fun. But so you know, and then I uh, moved to Boston, and uh, <laughs> I went did my small agency start off, um, which I highly recommend to any budding PR professionals. And then I went to a big agency um, in Boston, uh, which became Weber Shanwick, the largest PR agency in the world. Yeah, I know a couple people from there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, I'm we're sure. in Seattle. They have a huge office. The largest yeah. in the world. In the world. <laughs> so I worked on General Motors, CVS Pharmacy, Ocean Spray, J. Jill. So big, big agency, big clients, big budgets. Um, and then I moved to the North Shore. I had a baby <laughs> and um, I got a new job in my hometown. Um, so that was a small boutique PR agency. That's where I had the absolute pleasure and honor of meeting Scott. <laughs> With Adidas. 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 I uh, worked with Gore-Tex, Primaloft, uh, Canada Goose, Felsen. Yeah, the big boys. I too stay play. I stay places for a long time, so it's yeah. like each stint is like eight years. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you know uh, stuff. You know a lot of stuff. So now I've been more in the outdoor, um, active lifestyle uh, categories, which I really enjoy, um, and so that's what I do now. 
um, with HFS communications. And uh, it's a truly, it's a virtual, a small virtual agency. So I work oh, wow. with primarily three other women. Yeah. So it's really nice. All right. So when I hear PR, you hear public relations and it gets, you know, Hollywood-fied on TV, right? You just see like, kind of like the, like, um, what, what do you call it? The, the PR crisis PR you hear a lot about, um, again, we yeah. crashed. You got to watch it. <laughs> I gave you in the last episode, I put a clip in for you. That was like a, a another birthday present that I missed. March 18th. Such a good, such a good. No, that's not my birthday. Oh, March 28th. There you go. Damn. So, uh, <laughs> so close. Scott. Explain for those of us who are just not familiar with PR. Um, what, what is it? So PR, it, it, it is rather hard to define, um, so much so that PRSA, the Public Relations Society of America, called out for um, submissions for definitions for what is PR 10 years ago, 2012. Oh, wow. And apparently they got thousands of submissions because I guess, you know, nobody can decide because it can be so many things to different companies and people and brands, et cetera. So the official definition that they came up with, which I like, is public relations is a strategic communication process that builds mutually beneficial relationships between organizations and their publics. Yeah. Oh my God. Like so, great definition. That is I love that you had that memorized because I didn't so, see you like reading your screen. Totally <laughs> memorized. I actually came up with it. That was my submission. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to the yes of course you did Eleanor just kidding um but I mean primarily it is about messaging and it is about reputation building a credible reputation for your client whether that's a nonprofit, a budding brand a well-established huge company a law firm etc so um you know it is about building that trust between the entity that you're supporting and their desired audiences. Um, but it's also, publicity is completely out of the brand's control too. So that's right. important to understand. <laughs> yeah. so the old adage that advertising is what you pay for, PR, mm-hmm. PR is what you pray for. Oh, interesting. Oh. And speaking of horses, I'm like, you can lead a horse to water. You can give the journalist all of the messaging that you've beautifully laid out for them 5,000 times, <laughs> but you can't force them to write it word for word, you know, as you and your client desires. I told you. What did I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Because I told you. Mm-hmm. And when did I tell you? A long time ago. And what did I say will happen when I told you? Exactly what just happened. So there is obviously when it's editorial and that's really what we focus on. Um, you never know what's going to be printed. You know, there's an editor working with the writer or the editor that you're working with. So you never know what's going to actually come to print until it comes to print or until it's published. So at what point do brands bring on a PR agency? And, and I would be really curious, not only either an agency or like, who do they need internally? Like sometimes they have an internal PR person. Um, at what point does a brand decide like we need to focus on our public persona? Yeah. Um, great question, Summer. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how I came up with it. It just like popped up. Usually historically we will work with either a marketing person or an internal PR person, like you said, that's usually for larger entities. Like right. I've worked with startups where it's just the young kid starting up his direct to consumer brand and me, you know, so it's really when uh, you have a story to tell Um, you're launching a brand, you're coming out with a new line, whatever it is um, you need help telling that story to ultimately the consumers who you want to purchase your items. Okay. So one thing I struggle with, um, when 
so PR, do you feel like you need to have something to talk about? So for some brands, like maybe having someone on, you know, an annual agreement doesn't make sense because they don't have something every six months, every three months to talk about. That's even interesting. Do they need to have an agency just for launches or new, um, uh, new goals that they're having, you know, whether they're working with like a new charity, um, or a rebranding, like what, like, do they get an agreement with you and keep you on for years or do they just like reach out to you sporadically? Um, not definitely not sporadically. The ideal, um, situation is, you know, usually a 12 month retainer. Mm-hmm. Um, what is really important is that um, you bring someone on you, your P- PR partner, whether it's an individual or a huge team, that they really get to know your brand, um, that they can speak your language, they know your messaging, they know who you want to talk to and how you want to say it kind of thing, because they're representing your brand basically every day. Um, you know, obviously brands have launches every six months, every three months, depending. I mean, yeah so many different entities, but, um, usually you have, you ideally you get to know a brand, you have like a deep dive strategy session, you put together your PR plan, you put together a calendar and with the media, you're, oh, there's so many different kinds of media. There's different categories of PR, like um, oh really? What what are the different categories? <laughs> there's social media like, PR. There's there's what else? Right, and that's what it it does get complicated because there is the overlap. But ideally, um, you're always telling a story. Whether you're talking to a magazine three four three to six months in advance of when they would actually publish anything, or you're talking to a you know, digital entity, a website that can just publish something that day. But what if so, you're, if you're, if you're, you know, uh, uh, not a quite a startup, but you're kind of in your, you know, I don't know, toddlerville of, of whatever you're out, you're in some stores, you have a direct consumer business, you got, you're paying a bunch of money for advertising, digital advertising all over the place, social everywhere. Okay. Why would you need PR and you have a product or you have a service, but you have a great story along with it. And this is this is where I think people the blind spot is they don't understand the value of they're they're frustrated because they can't get their story out like they're right. just they're they're in these things that they they know that there's a big opportunity there and it's a story that needs to be told and would be awesome why why would they need you <laughs> that didn't come out right but <laughs> it's only because you're her friend you can say it like I know. That. <laughs> I mean, why would they need PR? Not just because if you're going to do PR, I mean, Eleanor Sachs, HFS, I mean, come on, stop. Right. I mean, ideally, say you're a small entity, you're about to, you know, you're going to launch. You would bring on a partner and PR is much less expensive than advertising. Because you're not only paying for the placement, you're paying paying for somebody to produce the ad. Both are very expensive. Um, but so you would ideally bring on a PR partner months in advance of launching. So you work with your PR partner. Okay, this is what this is how we want to be portrayed. This is how we want to tell our story. These are the different audiences we want to tell it to. Um, and a good PR partner will then kind of mine for stories. We say like, okay, you think that the only news you have is this new shoe you're going to launch in six months, but let's dig down. Like, who are you? Like, who's your team? Are you building your team? Are you working with any nonprofit? You know, so like, are you having an anniversary? Um, who's your designer? Can we tell their story? So, there can be, you may not realize it, but you, you could have a ton of different stories that are interesting to many different kinds of media. So you have your fashion writer, but you also have your tech writer, you have your Metro, you know, neighborhood writer at a newspaper. So you could have different stories for all of these different um, editors or right. media beats 
as they're called. Media beats. So it sounds like to me, like you really have to have a lot of relationships, right? Like, um, and what I think would be challenging is how these editors, they move around these producers, they move, they don't stay at the same job. So you have to keep these relationships. And as they go to other places, you're like, now I have an in with, um, ABC. Now I have an in with, um, uh, why am I the Nash? Why am I forgetting? Oh, so Condé Nash. Like Nash. Not, Nash. Nash. <laughs> Nash. That's all I could think of. See, I'm so so junior at this. Um, but you you're speaking my language. That's exactly. I mean, that is a huge day to day thing because editors are hopping from one place to another. A lot of people go freelance, um, right? And then they are also super valuable. Um, connections, relationships to have because, hey, I'm writing for Men's Health. I'm also writing for um, O Magazine and um, Gear Patrol or whatever it is. So it is a lot of um, relationships. I mean, media, you know, public relations it's in there. So you have um, I'm kind of like all over the place. But <laughs> media relations, there's investor relations there's yeah. blogger relations there's um oh i'd have to think you spend a lot of time building these relationships which is one of the reasons why when you're brand you want to find someone who has the exactly. end right exactly so i'm right. gonna basically parallel when we come back we gotta take a break when we come back this is where the 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 shared interest, the shared stories, because as a independent multi-brand manufacturing representative that I was when I first met Eleanor, the, it, it, we, we shared a lot of the same lives because our value at that time, could I get a meeting with REI? Could I get you a meeting with Nordstrom's in the right buyer, the right place? Could I get your story possibly into the right audience, meaning a major retailer? So when we come back, we're gonna get we're, we'll dive deep into the nitty gritty of public relations when we come back. Y'all know how I feel about taking care of your body and getting the right supplements so you can have energy, feel good, but that can be a pain. And for Mr. Jubilee, he really struggles with it. That's why he started taking athletic greens because he didn't have time to take vitamins. He didn't want to think about it, but he knew he needed to be taking some to get more energy, to help his immune system, but he just hated taking vitamins and pills. Now he's been taking athletic greens for over a year and he loves it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy, but it is. It has a mild tropical taste and he actually looks forward to drinking it every morning. And the big news there, I mean, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, Summer. It, it got no nasty chemicals, it just tastes good as, as Mr. Jubilee. I mean, Matt, the engineer knows, he knows what's going on with this stuff. Well, just one scoop of Athletic Greens has your body absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, which I'm a huge fan of adaptogens. Adaptogens, well, that's a big word. I don't even know <laughs> if I know what that means. but Ah, uh, man, it gives you such great clarity to help you start your day right. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop, as Summer said, in a cup of water every day. That's it. There's no need for a million different pills, supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. What do you got to do, Summer? All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging, E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Use the code people, athleticgreens.com forward slash emerging. Use the code emerging. Hey, my name is Martin Heubel from Consulters, and you're listening to Always Off-Brand. All right, Eleanor, we have so many listeners who are not exposed to PR as much as they should be, or maybe they're like thinking about doing PR. We've had some great startups join our podcasts. Can you share some of the biggest mistakes or pitfalls you've seen brands, big or small, 
do over the years? Um, I would say that, you know, in order or to really leverage having a PR partner um, and what all they can do for you, the most important thing um, is to have a story, to have news to tell. Wait, how, how do you know that you have a story? See, because you're you what you're good at because you've done this for so many times and you have relationships with these editors and all these people. You know what a story is and what's not a story. Now, I could sit in my little bubble, think I have the greatest story of all time. And the honest right. truth is you don't have shit. So that's why it's important to have a PR person who's actually going to tell you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so not like, oh, yeah, we can do that for you. Not a yes person. Yes, just pay us the money. And then that is the perfect scenario for a very short lived, crumbled, unsuccessful. Yeah. Can you get me on the Today Show? Can you get me on the Good Morning America? And can I get on there in 30 days or is it going to take 15? Can you do it tomorrow? That'd be great. (laughs) So, yeah, it's very important to have that initial, you know, say, okay, I think we need PR more budget friendly than going out with this advertising campaign We're just getting st- we have a store we have a new product or whatever it is um let's bring some pr people in here so you have meetings and the pr potential pr partner digests it and then comes back and says okay here's what i think you should do and here's the suggested budget however a good pr person would ensure that there's not just like a one and done, like, okay, we're launching three products or this is our new entity, whatever it is. And then that's it. We're done. You know, you can only tell that story so many times, like we're launching two styles and we're not launching another one for another two years. And there's not going to be any new innovation. (laughs) Okay. Um, Bye-bye. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So if you have like an interesting story, I did um, one of the uh, small client I um, took up when I went off on my own several years ago um, was this guy, the Tacova's first direct-to-consumer cowboy boot brand. Oh, it was fair. It was, and I'm not a huge cowboy boot person, but I was like, these are cute. There, there's no, you know, rhinestones or like huge. I don't know, embroidery involved. It was just a solid, <laughs> beautiful leather. And he only had like five styles, but this was a kid from Texas who then went to Harvard and was in the finance and said he was looking at Warby Parker, et cetera, and saying, hey, I could do this with cowboy boots. I love cowboy boots and nobody in New York wears them because they're all like bedazzled out or whatever. It right. Is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So you had that story of, you know, a new category, first cowboy boot brand direct to consumer, um, a nice founder story, and then a solid product story to tell. And then he would, you know, we launched then just a couple new styles, say every six months or so. So you also need to have content to (gasps) work. No, stop it. Really? Like nice photography. Wait a second. Now you're just getting too crazy. That's asking too much, Eleanor. Come on now. Maybe some video. No, my God. (laughs) Excuse me. Right. So your PR partner needs to be able to tell your story. So you need to make your product look pretty and that is very helpful when trying to get the media's attention especially if it's a brand or product that they're not familiar with um pr also takes it it is not for the impatient it takes a while especially if it's a new brand you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of seo yeah it reminds me of social media management it reminds me of a lot of different things because again i can't manage and execute your social media if you have literally no content if i have no assets if i have no lifestyle photography if i have again if i don't have stories to tell i it's gonna be tough right one thing that a lot of um i'll say pr newbies come in looking for pr and say okay we want to start off with a three-month contract 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. That doesn't work. First of all, it's so important to feel good about the PR partner that you've chosen. You need to trust them and respect them that they will do their job and that they are the experts at PR. And right. so you have given them that trust. If you're going to have a successful relationship, you need to have a budget set aside, a realistic budget and say, okay, go to it. You say it's going to take, you know, three to six months to get anything. Fine. Not what's happening. Why aren't we on the today show? Why haven't we been on the today show yet? What's going on? Why not? <laughs> yes. Especially if it's a new brand, it's going to take, I mean, media are getting pummeled with always and stories all day, every day. So it really takes a while to break out. Um, certainly having those relationships, established relationships helps a lot. Um, and it was, I'd say, easier to build relationships when we could do in-person events, which yeah. we have been starting to do. And we do desk side briefings in New York. So kind of hop from one editorial desk office to the other, but being able to see people in person and show them product in person. So, you know, kind of started with blogger relations was right. like a new thing, like, oh, all these bloggers are popping up. And now um, influencers, social influencers, a lot of times falls under our um, umbrella kind of thing. So again, it totally depends upon the client. Some clients have their own social media agency. Some have somebody who's posting for them, but we um, organize and manage their brand ambassador team. Um, and some we post, we do, we do it all. So we post for them as well. So we do it all. It just depends. It just depends. Right. So many, so many options. But, but is yeah. that, that's actually brings a good point. So we're like, don't you have to draw clear lines? If I have a social media agency and I have a PR agency, who's doing what and why? And then is right. there a communication visibility and loop? I think it's really hard to manage. I mean, um, I remember working on, I was trying to get on top 10 lists. Like I want, you know, top uh, prime days coming up. Right. So how do you get on those lists that you always see, like what to buy on prime day? And it was very confusing to me till someone said the, the list editorials are now like trying to get, um, referral fees, right? So if you go and, you know, you click on the article link uh, that says like, buy, I don't know, this water bottle, and then they purchase it. Now these editorials want a part of that commission, right? They want part of that sale where, the, and that would be more of an affiliate marketing link right. where when the editor's actually talking about the product and saying why they like it and how they used it in their everyday life. And it's more of an article that is PR. And I think that just gets so blurry and you do have to work very closely together. So is that something where you have both in house? Um, is that something where you in house as in like your PR agency offers both of those, they offer an affiliate management and they also offer PR. What, do you draw those lines internally? Do you make an agency like that? Um, what are your thoughts? There certainly are agencies like that. I have always just worked within PR agencies. Um, so focused on PR, not doing any affiliate marketing. I'm still confused about affiliate marketing. Um, but we did an episode on that. I was too. And so um, it, it breaks. Actually, Summer's been trying to teach me and I finally got it after we had Raul Galera on and we went through the whole thing. So don't feel bad about that. Go ahead. Yeah. But it is very important to, for all of your agencies to know what the other's doing. Um, so the social entity has the same say status call with the PR agency. So, you know, what we're talking, you know, what the themes are moving forward, what you need on the ambassador side. Um, Affiliate marketing will usually will just kind of be brought in if our client has a couple of current clients has an internal affiliate marketing specialist person. Yeah. Uh -huh. So we try to keep up to date with what they're doing, but really operate separately from that. Um, All right. Emma, how, how does this how does this work? 
I'm, I'm, I want to have higher PR. How does this work? Like, what does it cost? Like, give me a range. No, every situation is different. Every contract. I mean, I'm not asking that, but if I'm sitting here listening to this, I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. But what, what, how, what, how does it actually work and how much does it cost? So it, you know, and I don't know what everybody charges. Certainly when I was, I mean, just give a range. I remember I can speak a lot. So the, the smaller brands I did somewhere. Around, I'll give you a range. Scott. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> Okay. Hold on. All right. So, um, I was just going to say when I was at Weber Shanwick and we were working on huge corporate entities, oh, yeah, yeah. it was $150,000 a month. You know, you can, Jesus and that was, Christ. that was before 2008 too. So wow. I don't even know what their ranges are right now. However, I'm sure you can find a very, you know, say a good, um, freelancer for like 1500 a month. So oh. have at least $20,000 that you can say, okay, we have this for a year. Let's bring somebody on again. It doesn't make sense to do like, okay, we just want three months around this launch and then three months around this. Oh, that drives me nuts. <laughs> just the idea. Cause it's such a, it's such a slow drip right? It, it's not going to be an instant gratification and having a three month time frame is just, it's, it's set up for failure. And, and right. I will repeat what I said. I didn't hit record, but I've worked with a lot of brands. Again, I understand where they're coming from. They don't want to spend the money, but it's like, Oh man, Hey bro, I got, I got a dude. Okay. He's an editor over here. I can throw him one of my jackets and he's a bro, bra and he'll get a the whole piece on yeah. that. And it's like, no, no, you can't actually find somebody who knows what they're doing like Eleanor Sachs and everybody, and, and they actually will build, help so, you produce it. Cause there's a huge execution part, Eleanor. Mm, you say you want to do this. Why don't we just send VIP packets to every major uh, editor and Oprah in yes. the world? It just doesn't oh work like that. How many times I got hit up? Like you can be in our celebrity gifting bag. I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so tell us Eleanor, what do brands look for? What do they look for that makes a good PR partner? So, Really, I would say it's a dating game. Like, do you want this to I, be a long? I was not good at dating partnership, <laughs> but it's like, hey, do I do I want to work with these people? Because this, if you're bringing on a PR partner, you get to choose. You know, it's not you're choosing your friends, you're choosing your um, partners. When you're talking to a potential PR partner, I mean, this is a very important, potentially large investment. You want to make sure you understand what you're getting. I would say that a lot of people don't ask enough questions. And there is historically uh, a lot of bait and switch, as we talk about, especially with larger agencies. So the PR agency comes in and they've got their like a team and they're all buffed up and, and they they're always attractive. PR people are always attractive. <laughs> they are. They always dress well. And you're like, I just want to be part of the cool kids club. You look right? good gotta, today. You look good today. In front of them and they're just like, look at us. Don't you want to be a part of this? <laughs> so they're like, yes, I love these people. And then the switch part comes when like, oh, guess what? This, um, you know, 24 year old fresh out of college will be the one who's just managing your account, throwing your pitches out and yeah. you know what she's doing. And or, I mean, obviously there's plenty of super awesome young go-getters. Yeah. Out that there, could be, again, no, as I say, that could be my daughter. She might yeah, be good in PR. This might be ageism, but at the end of the day, you just said Eleanor earlier, it's about building relationships with all of these different editors and producers. And when you're 24, you have not had the time yeah. to do that. Doesn't mean you're not going to be fabulous and great. Doesn't mean people shouldn't give you a shot, but at the end of the day, someone who's 40 versus someone who's 23 is going to have more experience, especially in this and have more relationships built. They could have burned a ton of bridges. Sure. Um, <laughs> right. And that's what working with a more seasoned person, it, it, they work more efficiently. So a large agency, you have a big team working for you. However, it has to go like one pitch has to go through like five people editing it or a press release. It's a longer process when you have a larger team working on it. So I would say that it's very important for a 
you know, client who's interviewing PR agencies to feel free to say, okay, who's going to be my day to day? Who am I going to be working with most? To the senior level executive, how much of your time will this budget a lot? Like, are you right. going to actually be on my status calls? Do you know what's happening on a day to day basis? Um, and also another good question is, okay, with this budget of, you know, 5k a month, how much time does this give me? How much time is your team actually going to spend on my account? If you're going with a big agency and you have a small budget, you're a small fish yeah. and you're yeah. not going to get much time. Yep. And the senior executives aren't going to be excited about, you know, and they're not going to have time. They're probably going to have like one hour, a couple of weeks to spend on your, um, on your Whoa. account. So I have also run into smaller brands that for some reason thought that they needed to align with a big flashy New York agency who then real they realized, wait, why the heck was I spending all this money when I could just hire a solid freelancer or, you know, small team yeah. that I trust and have respect for and know that they know their stuff and pay them a quarter of the cost. I mean, obviously you have to be smart and do your homework and make sure, you know, you know, you have faith in your team, but that's another mistake that I've come across. I'm going to ask you the last question here and then we'll get to a, your, what's going to be your favorite game. What's that keyword? Cause I know you've been practicing and we'll have to describe that. Oh, God. Uh, what's a reasonable expectation of how many, you know, air quotes hits or how no, many, I mean, again, this is a, this is a, this is an impossible answer. I understand that, but that's the other thing that I used to hear with brands, you know, what the hell? I'm paying them all this money and I only got like four hits in a magazine. I got four <laughs> editorial things. We didn't win gear of the year. You know, it's like, shut up. You know, this is a, this is a, sometimes you get lucky. I remember God bless my favorite shout out mountain Smith. They took an off the shelf tent. That was just a regular tent. They did a couple things. It's not like they went and designed like the greatest, most innovative tent in the world. It was decently priced. <laughs> and for whatever reason, we got unbelievable Hits. We got gear of the year. We got the, and everybody's looking around going, and all the retailers, this is my last thing. People, PR is actually a proactive way to create consumer demand, which actually, if you're trying to get into retail, will be like, hmm, I just heard about this brand. I saw this article. I saw this piece. I saw it on, you know, I read about it. I'm interested. This could be great for our customers. This is a proactive thing. But what is a reasonable, I, I, it's an impossible question, but is there any? Yes, it is, God. <laughs> I mean, no, oh, and that always drives me crazy. Like, okay, well, how many hits are, but you got to get something and you have to, you know, you know, it is a lot of like, Hey, I know that I have a good product more people. And the product that I'm looking at in these magazines where I want to be is just as good as ours. So I would say you, uh, of course, what makes my job so much easier is to have great product to talk about. Um, but you got to get something, you know, and obviously the beginning, it does take a while, but say, you know, you have to get some hits in the first few months. And then you obviously the idea is that it continues to grow, continues to grow, continues to grow. Um, a, a lot of brands have off seasons. So maybe you're not making summer gear and you have a lull, but that's to be expected because you know we're already talking about fall stuff right now so your so that point is that your pr agency or partner can always be telling your story but maybe to a longer lead publication that's just starting to test now or whatever it is so there's no quantitative answer uh, yeah i know I but just... you want to i feel like you know when things aren't going well like yeah what's happening like we had all these hits you know last year and now we're not getting it and and i mean again it is so important to have a strong close relationship with your pr partner to be able to say like hey what's going on like this month's report was pretty lame like what's going what's the problem how can we fix it like what do you need from us um and it's so important that your PR partner really like dives in and knows the brand in and out can present your product just as well 
as your sales team. Um, That's is huge, actually. Extension of your brand, yep. not like, oh, let's, we need another press release. Like, let's call the PR agency. So <laughs> it's got to be somebody who's deeply ingrained in your day-to-day business and who can say, okay, this isn't resonating. We need to move over to this. Or can you get me like X, Y, Z? Can we have another story mining session? That kind of, and you know, that you want a PR partner who's always brainstorming new ideas. If maybe there's a lull in a product launch or a new innovation announcement, that kind of thing. And don't underestimate the creativity that a PR team can bring. It's actually, I've lived this several times and it was phenomenal. All right, Eleanor, where do we find you? Where do people want to, if they want to reach out to you, how do they do that? Oh, thanks, Scott. Um, <laughs> my, well, hfscommunications.com is our website. I'm at Eleanor, E-L-E-A-N-O-R, at H, F as in Frank, S as in Sachs, sandwich. <laughs> Scott. With an S. S Scott, Summer. Summer. Okay. <laughs> Fabulous S's here. (laughs) Lily, I know your middle name starts with an S. (laughs) HFSCommunications.com. Eleanor at HFSCommunications.com. Okay, we're going to come back, but you brought a great point about this keyword game. You're ready to play, and and Haley, Haley, our host, is ready. What are... uh, I didn't know what keywords are. I was talking about keywords and search terms and broad match and phrases. I'm like, what the, what are you talking? Is, is this a recipe? I mean, is this is something you order somewhere? What are we doing? The keyword game is I give you a product and you have to guess what the customer typed in the little search bar to find and buy that product. So it can be really bizarre things <laughs> that people are searching for. You know, uh, I really, I, I don't want to bring up the headphone incident, but I might. Um. <laughs> but I mean, these keywords, but, if you think about it, every day on your phone, when you search in a browser, if you search anywhere, the, that mm-hmm. those words, if you put two words together, if you put one word, the phrase, that mm-hmm. is keywords. And, and I hear yeah. we, ha- our lives are literally run by keywords. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So Eleanor, we track them to see what's working for our products and what's not working. Um, We can set up these campaigns to run and it tracks every single um, word that the customer types in on Amazon, on Google, you know, wherever you're advertising or excuse me, listing your product. And we track all of that because we don't want to pay for words. Like for instance, I do a hemp seed brand but it's all like edible hemp seeds. It has nothing to do with getting high or THC or yeah, anything yeah, like yeah. that. So all of the keywords that have to do with weed or, you know, I just, it's funny. I just negated some wrapper words, like rolling papers and things like that were coming up in some of my auto campaigns because people are searching for rolling papers and hemp is automatically associated with, you know, weed marijuana, because a lot of people are doing that now. So it's a just a really fun way for just, us to a lot just of kind of always, poke fun yeah. at the customer, <laughs> poke fun sometimes at the brand because they can be really off the wall products and to find out like what the customer is typing in that little Amazon search box. So are these keywords where they're intending or hoping to find the product or it just like pops up? No. So the keywords that I choose have converted, which means they did buy that product using that couple words or single word. So it has to convert. And on Amazon, and this is true for Google and a lot of places, almost 70% of keyword searches of of actually what you put in that is non-brand specific. Correct. So instead of like... Um, well, I don't want to give away my word. No, no, don't. Today. We gotta Let's we gotta take a it. break. But I think we should get into it. Time here. We'll be back with that right after this. Hi, my name is Kim Blue, and you are listening to Always Off Brand. Finally, a game show nerdier than an Excel V lookup. It's time. For What's That Keyword? Here's your host, 
Haley on the news. Hello, everybody. It's time to play our favorite game with our favorite people. And our guest, Eleanor Sachs, stuck around to play with us today. We are going to play What's That Keyword, Eleanor? The whole point of the game is I give you a product and you have to guess the keyword phrase that converted. Now, for those of you who might not know what the keyword phrase means, this is what does the customer type in that little search box on Google or in my case, Amazon to find and buy that product. So here we go. Your first product is men's golf pants. Ooh. I'm going to be so bad. All right. All right. Who wants to go first? You're our guest, Eleanor. Eleanor? What did the customer type in to buy men's golf pants? All right, I'm going to go. All right, Summer, you one. go ahead. Father's Day gifts. Oh, clever. Good. All right, Scott, what you got? Johnny O. Ooh, I do like their pants. Eleanor? Um, I was going to say something like club attire. Ooh, Ooh, yes. That's a good one. I also have disco pants in my mind. Disco pants. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys. The correct keyword phrase that converted for golf pants were stretch chinos. Really? Mm, Yes. Chinos are so ugly. Stretch chinos. I'm actually in the market for golf pants. Is that just another word for khaki pants? A chino? I know. Mm -mm. No. It has like the plain pleats down the front. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. All right. <laughs> oh. All right. Here's your I'm glad next you can only see product. Waste up. Or what's that keyword? <laughs> your next product is cleaning wipes. Oh. Mm, okay. Cleaning wipes. God. Okay. Go ahead. Summer. Summer. Edible cleaning supplies. Ooh. <laughs> Eleanor, that's yeah. on the right track. Um, germ killers. Ooh, okay. Scott, I'm, see, I'm on the I'm on the brand thing now. Dude wipes. Oh my gosh, dude wipes oh. are huge. All right. The correct keyword phrase was <laughs> green wipes. Yeah. There you go. Oh. Summer, you were so close. I just thought it was funny because of the color versus the, you know, what a yeah, pun. Is. Yeah, wow. What yeah. a Green pun lights. and what a fun game. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you so much for sticking around to play What's That Keyword. We'll be back in just a second. Hey, this is Brian Hennessy from Talcoot, and you are listening to the Always Off Brand Podcast. Ah, the wonderful, confusing world of PR. You know, I, what I love about PR is when it's good, you don't even know it's happening. Yeah. Right. Like when it's, when it's actually in front of you and you're just like feeling warm and fuzzy about a brand that's PR and you didn't even know it was happening. And what's neat about PR and what's so different from our world is that it's not a, you see X and you click and you buy, which was what we're used to. This is more of a feeling. And that is so hard to put like numbers to. So when we're talking like hits or we're talking what to be charged, it's such a vague answer. There's no, there's no one size fits all. But when you're sitting there and all of a sudden you're looking at your sales on, on any digital platform mm-hmm. or anywhere, and it's like, whoa, we had this huge, like one day spike, or we had this thing, like what nobody, everybody's trying to figure out what it is. Aha, we got a big PR hit. We got we got featured totally. somewhere, we got whatever, and it's like bam, all of a sudden it grew sales. And so, but it, I, I agree with you. It's hard to put the quantitative, that's the digital advertising. You know, I put in a dollar, I get X back. So right. But the biggest thing with Eleanor and with with hiring these people is do they have deep, meaningful connections and relationships with the people that, that they should, and, and they can get you your product, your story in front of somebody. And it all right. comes down to the people. It does because here at always off brand, what we know is a strong foundation always starts with people because people right? matter. That's right. People matter. And you are listening to always off brand. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see you next week, y'all. Bye. Bye. Uh,
Hey there, this is Haley from Quickfire, and they want me to read this so you know what this podcast is part of and how to find out more if you want. Always Off-Brand is a production of Quickfire LLC and a part of the Learn and Laugh series on the Quickfire Podcast Network. For more information, go to quickfirenow.com. Have a good one, and thanks for listening.